Hello and welcome to the all new, all different number one comics podcast. This is episode number 27. I'm Dan. That's Bob. Say hello, Bob. Hello, Bob. We are a weekly comic book podcast where each and every episode we take a look at a brand new number one comic book, break down the story and arc, give it a little bit of a review and tell you if we think that you should move on to issue number two or not. We also talk a little bit of comic book and related news, as well as what's new at comic book shops this and next week. And this week, we will be taking a deep dive into the all-new number one. From Boom Studios, Sirens of the City. Sirens of the City, issue number one from Boom Studios. That's right, kids. We're going to take a quick, quick break, and we'll be right back. Bob, it is time for some comic book news. And there's news this week. There is news. There's there's some news. I know. Round of applause, ladies and gentlemen, for the news. That's right. Bringing you all the latest comic book news here on the all new, all different number one comics podcast. DC has some. I think DC has a little. I think Marvel has a little. And I don't know. We could probably talk about something else too if we wanted to. Either way, let's start off with uh, Marvel. Let's start off with. Wolverine's comic book accurate costume in Deadpool 3. Oh, I can't wait to see it. <laughs> I know you've seen some leaked uh, photos from the I set have. there of I that have. costume. And, and I mean, how, I, I don't know. I feel like as long as there's been Wolverine in, in cinema, as long as Hugh Jackman's been playing Wolverine and X-Men have been around and all of that, we've always kind of been like why isn't there like a comic book accurate costume why is it so hard to get one of those well they did have the tease in the deleted scene in the wolverine yeah well they had a tease yeah you're right you're right but um, i mean it was a deleted scene so unless yeah. you you know spent more money for the deluxe edition dvd <laughs> you didn't know about it i'm sure a lot of people did spend a lot of money on that but... i'm sure it was a good movie <laughs> yeah it, it was definitely a fun one I I think that, look, we also got uh, some claw reveals, as, as far as I know. Um, I've heard that, I, I haven't seen them yet myself, so, so that's why I'm very hesitant to say anything about this, and I'm trying to kind of look it up now, but, but I have heard that uh, there was also some Wolverine claw reveals here. Again, not anything that I'm seeing, just wanted to kind of throw that out there. Is that, that anything that you've seen in photos? I haven't heard anything about that. Besides the claws on the um, possible logo for Deadpool yeah. 3, I haven't heard anything about actual reveals. Well, I think I'm seeing some here. And, and of course, you, the audience, can't see this. This is just Bob and I. But, but we're looking at some set photos of uh, what looks like Wolverine and Deadpool fighting and, and Wolverine's got his claws out. Just so. as long as they're not that bad CGI. <laughs> I was hoping we'd get the hot claws, you know, from, <laughs> from what was that, like 2019 or 2020? Mm, Wolverine Returns. Oh, yeah, man. Those hot claws were <laughs> awesome. They were just on fire, and I loved them. They were, it they were super It still fun. doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Why do the claws have to be on fire? It doesn't need to make sense. It was fun, Bob. That's, that's what makes sense That's like it. adding a rocket launcher to a sword. Well, it's almost like, yeah, or... 
or like adding uh, pouches to the pouch, like the uh, <laughs> Rob Liefeld character. Like, what, I mean, that guy just was a pouch. So like why every add 90s pouches? character yeah. Rob Liefeld ever drew. <laughs> oh man, hopefully we get Rob Liefeld on here one day. I, I hope. <laughs> I'd love to talk about that. Sorry, Mr. Liefeld. <laughs> He's great. We love him. Let's talk about DC a little bit, Bob. There was a huge announcement, right? Um, You'll have to definitely help me with some of these names because, as we know, I I'm not uh, great at pronouncing names here. But Superman, I never <laughs> well, yeah, it's it's a little a small flaw of mine, but you know, very very hardly noticeable to anyone. Definitely, <laughs> Superman Legacy adds Isabella Merced. Yes. Merced. Okay. Wow. Okay. As Hawk Girl, so we know we're getting Hawk Girl. Yes. And I'm saying Hawk Girl like H A W K. Sorry, I. To myself, it sounds like I'm saying hot girl. And, I mean, that would be cool to have a hot girl in the Superman movie, but I'm, I'm sure somebody saw it. But uh, <laughs> We also got Eddie... Bob, you'll have to help me with this name as Mr. Terrific and uh, here. Um, Eddie something. Eddie, I'm going with Gathegi. Oh, okay, well, yeah, I'm not even going to attempt Sorry that. Sorry if so, I butchered that. Gathegi, you said? Okay. Yes. Yes, as, as Mr. Terrific and Nathan Fillon... As Guy Gardner, as well as Anthony Kerrigan as Metamorpho. So let's talk about some of that. I I'm not I'm I'm really not familiar with most of these people. So gotta say, gotta say, um, especially Guy Gardner mm -hmm. and Metamorpho, kind of random. Yeah. Well, look, I will say this. I read this the other day, or sorry, yesterday. I think last night, maybe. Uh, James Gunn did come out because people were saying, why are there so many characters in this? What is going mm -hmm. on? Mm -hmm. And and his response to it kind of was like, you know, well, this is this is a world where these 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 heroes exist and they they interact with one another. And it's that kind of thing. Um, so I'm not really sure if he explained why uh, other than, you know, they're just in the world together. And, and I'm OK with that. But. From what I know about James Gunn, from what you know about James Gunn, he's he's big on ensemble cast. That's what he does. He sticks everybody together, has a big team of players. And I must say, he is big on obscure characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, See the Suicide Squad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Suicide Squad, of course, Guardians, all of that. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's... We have Hawkgirl, we have Mr. Terrific, we have Guy Gardner, we have Metamorpho. Um, do we have nothing about Lex Luthor yet? No, which is very surprising. I mean, we know who Metamorpho is, yeah, but we don't know who. Le and I'm sorry, you can't have a Superman movie without Lex. I don't know. What do you think the chances are? Because the only reason I say this is obviously it's James Gunn. He likes to, he likes to be a little off the wall he likes to do things unconventionally and then still make right. it work right so is there a chance that there's no lex luthor whatsoever i can't see that happening no or maybe I, he's just a, a bottom tier character in this movie and it's focused around metamorpho instead it it <laughs> yeah. that would be interesting but yeah sure it could be one of those um did you ever see the uh robert downey jr sherlock holmes movies i have not watched any of those no. okay well, the villain for the um, second one, uh, Moriarty, mm -hmm. he was basically shown as like a shadowy figure at the end of the first Sherlock Holmes. So it could be one of those where mm -hmm, he's, mm -hmm. you know, just a sh 
just a shadowy running everything in the first movie. And if there is a second Superman movie, I mean, all <laughs> yeah. this does big F, yeah. All this does hinge on you know what it makes money wise because mm-hmm. we know that's how sequels work nowadays. Yep. Yeah. He, I mean, he could be the villain for the second one, but I can't see them having a, you know, rebooted Superman without Lex Luthor. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's it's almost like, I, I hate to say it, but you think of Batman movies and they always got a shoehorn Joker in there. You're not going to have one without Joker. This is true. How can you have How can you have uh, Superman without Lex Luthor? It's it's. It's interesting. They've been shoehorned him into <clears throat> the Batman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, what do you think about uh, Mr. Terrific there? Like how <laughs> that seems off the wall. That seems really, that seems pretty random to me. Like wh- what are we going to do that, with Mr. Terrific? That may be the most random, I mean, Metamorpho aside, mm-hmm. because Metamorpho is just a strange character to begin with. Yeah. But very. Mr. Terrific may be, to me, at least the most random for a character <laughs> to be used. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see the interpretation on the big screen of somebody with a T on their face. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I wonder if they'll go with that, right? They're going to keep that. Um... I don't see how, because I mean, that's that. I mean, you think Mr. Terrific, you think <laughs> T on his face. Yeah. Yeah, true. I uh... mean,. This is this is interesting though. I I want to I want everybody to take a step back, visualize, if you will, um, back whenever we first learned that the Flash movie was going to be not the Flash and like a whole DC universe, whatever you know type of movie with Batman and Batman and Batman and Batman and Supergirl <laughs> in it. Um, so I don't know. I, it's like that didn't do well. Now we're going for like the same approach here, just putting all these characters in. And I get what James Gunn is saying. Now, I would say, like, if if it's really just that this world is lived in and there's small encounters here and there or or little cameos here and there or whatever, I could see it. I just don't see that. Out of DC, every single time we've seen anything, they put these characters in. They try to build some kind of team. They try to do something with right. them. They try to make it really important. And, and what worked for Marvel was... That's that's not what they did, you know. Everybody kind of stood on their own. Whenever they brought in characters, right. like they, I don't know, it was just it was done, it was done gracefully, and it just hasn't been done gracefully at DC yet. I don't know that just because James Gunn is over there, it's going to be done gracefully. But but I do wonder by having this many characters in a Superman movie so far, and we have to remember so far, this thing is supposed to come out what, uh, the middle of twenty twenty five. So now with Hawkgirl, what do you think the chances are we're gonna get Hawkman? I mean, how can you not have Hawkman and have Hawkgirl? That's, that's weird. I, I don't know. True. I don't know. I think before the end of it, we're gonna see at least two more big characters pop up. That's my assumption, and I don't mean regular like uh, I don't know regular Superman characters. Um, I mean like off the wall. You know, characters where where it's, it's, it's a King. thing. <laughs> I wish and then it. you can have Batman. Uh, yeah, Batman's going to be here somewhere. So he's going to be like walking into a bathroom or something, something. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I truly wonder: Are we going to get somebody big? They really want this to be like a big thing, and unfortunately, just saying here's another Superman movie and it's done by James Gunn this time. I don't think that that sells enough tickets. 
Well, there was there was a rumor that I saw. I, I can't remember the. Uh, I can't recall the website I saw it on. But going back to Lex Luthor, there was a rumor, and I don't think it's going to happen because it, it's only been reported on on like one or two websites that. Lex Luthor could possibly be played by Daniel Craig. Wow. And mind you, this is this is you know a rumor, so yeah. take it with a giant <laughs> shaker of salt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that would be that would be interesting. I mean, that would probably be kind of worth it. I'd like to see Daniel Craig. As I mean, Lex would Luthor. it be better than Jesse Eisenberg? I mean, I think that's a definite yes. I oh man, Jesse Eisenberg. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> Who made that decision uh, at any point in time? That's why they're not with DC anymore. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, uh, man, Jesse Eisenberg. Let's please never forget about that and make sure that uh, that never happens again. But <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a scary one. I don't know, Bob. I just I want to say what I always want to say. I want this to do good. I want it to be good. I want to see a good Superman movie. I want to see a Superman movie though, and I don't want to see like a huge team up or mashup type of thing. And and I'm really hoping that it's not that. I, I will say one thing, and I'm looking forward to this. I am looking forward at, to seeing Nathan Fillion finally get his turn as a Green Lantern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I am surprised DC has not done this yet. Well, and, and see, that's the other part that makes me wonder. I guess. You know, if you just want to have Mr. Terrific somewhere in the background, if you just want to have Metamorpho as like, you know, the bad guy behind the scenes or whatever that we see a little bit, I don't feel like you can bring in Hawk Girl and you can bring in uh, Green Lantern and not really have them do some heavy lifting in the movie. Like, you can't just have them like off in the background not doing much or have like a small cameo. And especially if we just wanted like a small cameo type of thing, like why would it be announced already? You know, that should be like a surprise or something. And again, I'm getting those flashbacks to the flash again, where I'm like, wait a second, isn't this supposed to be a flash movie? Why are we getting all these characters? Why is it a Batman movie now? I'm starting to feel the same way. Well, and we have gotten all these characters and you said something about heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. These have all been good characters that they've announced. There's Mm -hmm. been no, inherently bad characters sure. that have been announced. Mm-hmm. So the odds of you know these heroes forming a team to fight said opposition <laughs> yeah. is really good in my opinion. Yeah, no this could be really cool and and maybe you know they just kind of team up. I don't could know. It, could it be a new Justice League? Well, it definitely could, but then I feel like we're watching a Justice League movie and not a Superman movie. I don't know. Is that the point? Like, do we not... Is DC just going to go for teams? Like, are they just going to go for... Are they not going to try to really build up these solo characters and solo movies and build their universe? I, I, just, I just think DC got there so late in the game. Yeah. And, I mean, they, they've just shown that some of their solo outings have just fallen flat Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that i mean at this point it might be just all team-up movies which you know isn't bad Mm -hmm. if done well sure but again if done well (laughs) and so far dc hasn't exactly had a great track record do i want them to have a good track record at this yes yeah absolutely but unfortunately, they haven't been able to find the 
quote-unquote Marvel formula. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And we can... Mm -hmm. Hopefully we'll get some more news uh, in the coming weeks or whatever. But obviously that's that's big news there, and and uh, I mean it's not like we want any uh, plot leaks or anything. So so I don't know. I, I wish them all the best. I just man, I start to get that bad feeling. I start to get that flashback. Everyone thought the Flash was going to be so good, and everyone was so excited about it, just like every other DC movie, and it just hasn't panned out yet. This, I don't know. We'll see. The, the Star Wars, I have a bad feeling about this quote. <laughs> yeah, man. I do have a bad feeling about this. Bob, speaking of Star Wars, I don't know. There was some kind of Ahsoka news. Just, just a tad. Just a yeah. tad. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't have anything written down, so... If you've got anything you'd like to talk about, uh, just yeah, just a little bit. We yeah. we got the final trailer for the Ahsoka TV series, which will be out August twenty third on Disney Plus, and I have heard that it's going that we're getting the first two episodes in the same day. Nice. So it's gonna be one of those. And I watched the trailer. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! They finally show a full shot of Thrawn. So they did it. Oh man, <laughs> we got Thrawn, and Thrawn looks good. Well, this, you know, and I was I was talking to um, I was talking to a buddy of mine at work about this, and I mean, it's gonna be like um, the Grand Inquisitor from the Obi Wan series. Okay, unfamiliar. I didn't watch the Obi Wan series. There's, sure. there's always going to be haters of designs of characters. Uh, yeah, and of course, I'm of course, sorry, course. but when you put actual actors mm-hmm. in makeup, yep, they're not going to be that same style of animation you get you got in the Clone Wars and Star Wars <laughs> yeah, and Rebels, right. where yeah, right. the faces were kind of compressed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, we have actual actors behind the paint, but I mean, there's always going to be haters. Yeah, you always do get that, if, if you notice. Of course you notice. But, yeah, you, you always get that thing. Why doesn't this look like this? Why doesn't it Why isn't it like that? I mean, sometimes well, stuff just doesn't translate real, to screen. You realistically can't do that. Yeah, I mean, because, look, it was drawn. It's, it was animated, you know, whatever. It was dreamed up by somebody. It was drawn somebody. in the computer. Yeah, the reason they did this was because it didn't look like, you know, some regular-ass guy walking right, around the right. street. You know, there was... It, it was fun. So that's cool. And I, I do hear that uh, that I can just jump in. Um, that's that's what I've been told because I was talking about it and I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know where to go with Star Wars because I'm so far removed. As we as you and I have discussed, I watched the original trilogy a bunch. I've seen the prequels a lot. And that's kind of it. I tried to jump in the, to the Mandalorian for like three episodes at the beginning of it. It just, I felt too far removed, whatever. Right. But I'm told I can just jump in. So so I'm told that I should just jump in whenever this comes out. I mean, you you could. I mean, <laughs> if, it, if it were me, I mean, if it were me, I would recommend you watch, you know, Star Wars Rebels just so you can mm-hmm. get familiarized with, you know, some of the characters. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. pretty much every character from Star Wars Rebels is appearing in the Ahsoka series. So this is the Superman legacy of Star Wars. Well, this, this is this is unofficially, <laughs> officially, you know, season five of Star Wars Rebels. Cool. You know, un- unofficially. I mean, of course they're gonna have their own take on their on mm-hmm. the characters because every you know Star Wars or Marvel TV series has had their own take so far, especially yeah. the Star Wars TV series, whether it be good mm-hmm. or whether it be bad. <laughs> So, but per- 
personally, that's what I would do just to familiarize yourself with these characters. Okay. Well, fair enough. Bob, real quick, and, and this is just this is just a side note, you know, feel free to, I don't know, not answer if you don't want to. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to know, just give me your best, like your number one from from all of Star Wars, whether that be a, a comic, an episode, a, a movie, uh, whatever, right. and right. then give me your worst also. Best as far as I don't know, just your favorite thing, like in all, it, but like not a character, like you know, like a like a movie or, or like a show or comic or something. Mm, well, if it's gonna, <laughs> if it's gonna be movie, I mean, I'm 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 definitely going with Empire Strikes Back. Oh man, yes, I Empire, mean that's Empire. that. I'm I'm sorry, you can't you can't go wrong with that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, as far as not only Star Wars movie, but as far as just movie movie, yeah. I mean, it's. It's almost a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and it's it's so far removed from a new hope. I mean, it's it's darker. I mean, the stakes yeah. are higher. <laughs> it's definitely darker. <laughs> yeah. Um, sticking with the movie theme, um, worst, and I am ta- I am taking the uh, prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy <laughs> into account. Okay. Okay. But. Um, I, I I actually have a tie. It's going to be, um, the Rise of Skywalker. Okay. Oh, it was bad. Yeah. Okay. And Attack of the Clones. Wow, Attack of the Clones. I can. Oh, I cannot stand that. I, movie. I remember going to see that uh, opening week, and and I I liked it a lot. But oh, but I, I get you. That I movie. I think the reason that I liked it a lot was because I hated Phantom Menace. You like Menace. hearing about sand, didn't you? <laughs> I love sand. How it's rough and it's even though the rough and coarse are the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of. They're the same word. Sure. Um, I'm surprised you didn't get the Star Wars Holiday Special in there, but I. Agree. Well, um, I mean, I don't even really <laughs> want to talk about that. Uh, we, we can't talk about the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> it's kind of fun, though. I mean, you get like lots of incoherent dialogue, and uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Star Wars dialogue, especially the early stuff, <laughs> Curry Fisher said it best mm-hmm. in a behind-the-scenes Star Wars special. She said to George Lucas, you can type this stuff, but you can't say it. <laughs> And I will say, especially early Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. has some of the cheesiest dialogue. Oh, yeah. And maybe worst dialogue <laughs> you will ever hear in a movie. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. I... It's, it's like Silver Age comics. <laughs> bad. Oh, yeah, those are, those are very rough. I don't know. Um, and the last question for Star Wars, do you think there's any possibility... Anybody ever comes in and gives us another holiday special? <laughs> um, is Kathleen is Kathleen Kennedy still with them? <laughs> well, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, I, I I think that would be fun. You know, just a campy Star Wars holiday special. Now, I mean, Star Wars is still so hot. Like, why not? Why not throw some fun in there and do something goofy? I know it costs money, but you'll make See, the money but back. at least this time, embrace it. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely embraced. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. I don't know. That's all the news I got for you guys. Uh, we're going to take a brief break, and we'll be right back. And we are back with episode number 27 of the all-new, all-different, number one comics podcast. 
Bob, let's talk about some new books that came out this week in comic book shops. From Dynamite Comics, we got a new spinoff series of Gargoyles. Gargoyles Dark Ages number one. I didn't know that the OG Gargoyles, uh, or I guess you can't really call that the OG Gargoyles, gargoyles um but the the uh regular gargoyles series was doing so well at dynamite that they could do a spinoff yeah that's really cool well I, from from what i heard and i got a friend who's a big gargoyles fan from mm-hmm. what i heard it, it had a big following oh yeah um that first issue was definitely good i didn't read anything beyond that i should have but it feels like a lot to take in so i just never jumped back on that and, and read any of it but uh, from Dark Horse, we had Savage Squad 6, issue number one. Don't know. It's a squad, uh, probably <clears throat> six, and that's the issue number one. Is it a suicide squad? <laughs> Might be. From Image, we had Antarctica, a book that I'm really excited to check out. Just uh, anything that has to do with Antarctica sounds fun to me, so <clears throat> there's a lot you can play with there. We also had Jeff Lemire's Fish Flies, number one, which is a really, I don't know, uh, scary-sounding book, Fish Flies. I, I sounds interesting creepy. interesting looking i did i didn't i didn't buy the book no i, I was I have, on the fence about copy. it mm-hmm. but just looking at the covers mm-hmm. like th- that is an interesting looking cover i would say this like anytime you're iffy on jeff lemire just remember always trust jeff lemire like he's he's <laughs> really good he knows he knows what he's doing he knows how to tell a story i mean half the time you're probably like gonna cry somewhere in the run but it's oh. it's really good storytelling oh. really good artwork too so yeah i trust jeff lemire uh we also had savage dragon return savage dragon 266 there's some Do we have heavy flow man i haven't cracked it open yet but i can tell you that um on the cover that i got it looks like savage dragons what is that that's his wife right um his wife is like starting to remove her bikini top and he's like hey oh. stop what are you doing and and her uh word balloon says that she's trying to sell some comics so so just what what issue did you say it was 266 so i mean is it a new volume is it a soft reboot I, I, what is it i think that that's kind of savage dragons thing they're always trying to just keep that same numbering that original numbering so but they not... don't do the legacy numbering no, I mean, I think that it just kind of goes on hiatus, comes back, okay. whatever. But yeah, they're never going to be like, this is a second volume. It's okay, always just okay. that first volume and that's okay, it. Gotcha. Although I will say I do remember in the early 90s, there there's multiple issue number one. So there is more than one volume. I guess there's probably two volumes. Um, maybe like a three-part mini and then, and then the regular number one volume. Uh, over to DC, man. I hope you're ready for this, Bob. We had Night Terrors. We had Night Terrors Green Lantern, Night Terrors Robin, Night Terrors Shazam, Night Terrors The Flash, Night Terrors Zatanna, Unstoppable Doom Patrol issue number four, first Metal Woman in there, as well as World's Finest Teen Titans, Bob's wannabe pick of the week, but <laughs> but we landed on Sirens of the City instead, which is which is fine. Uh, over to Marvel, we had Moon Knight issue number 25, and I didn't realize when I picked this one up, Bob, this is like a huge book. Oh, yes, and 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 I forgot, if I would have remembered correctly, I would have uh, picked it up too, mm-hmm. since it's the introduction of uh, the Scarab character. Yep, uh-huh, yeah, that from, third Scarab. From um, the Moon Knight TV series. Yes. I'm... I'm uh, help me, help me, I can't... Uh, Layla... Layla... Layla Al-Farouk. Oh, man. Uh, 
I, I, yeah, the last name's not going to happen. I, for I, me, I know the, I know her first name yeah, is Layla. I, I remember Layla. Yeah, the last name's that's just not going to happen. But yeah, uh, a big book. Actually, quite a few variant covers. I had to grab the negative space variant cover, which is a green negative space uh, werewolf by night cover. Yeah, very, very cool. So I, I was happy to have grabbed that. Uh, we had Fallen Friend, which is obviously the death of Miss Marvel there, the death mm. of my beloved Camilla Khan and what <laughs> they did to her. So I'm going to hate read this one. Um, I can't wait to do it, but I'm going to be pissed because, spoiler alert, I have heard that they didn't go the cheap route and just, like, you know, resurrect her at the end or anything. Like, she's, she, I mean, for all intent and purposes right now, she's dead. Which sucks. Um, do you have? Do you, are you going to read it with the box of tissues? <laughs> oh man, yes. I'm gonna just be crying my eyes out. Use the whole box of tissues. Yeah, I'm. I'm not okay with this. This is this sucks. But again, we talked about this before the Spider-Man issue came out. The stakes had to be really, really high. It had to be like a real thing for for the creators to say they couldn't even con uh, attend conventions and and i would i still stick behind them yes you probably shouldn't go to anything <laughs> now um yeah uh, it's not, not, not gonna argue with you on that yeah um stay away because geez you you killed off a very beloved character uh we also got a third printing on spider-man number seven the spider boy hits just don't stop coming we've got I can't even imagine how many books now. Bob, I actually wanted to show you a book that I picked up. This is also not great for on the air um, coverage here, but but I did pick up a, a signed copy of this Edge of Spider Verse three Spider Boy cover signed by Dan Slott here, and this was at uh, Denver Con, I think was the name of the convention. Um, so yeah, I picked that up. I was I was really stoked about that. Really nice cover, but yeah, Spider Boy just is. Look, you can hate Spider-Boy all you want, but he's not dead in the water. Like, Marvel is is doing stuff with this character, and the fans are, are behind it. Even though there's there's backlash, you know, a lot of people want other solo series from other characters and more emphasis on other Spider-Characters and, and all of that. But, oh, well, this is what we're going with, and, and it's doing well. So, whatever. Until he's not hot anymore. Yep, exactly. We also got Web of Carnage 1 which is I just the end of that event, the Carnage Reigns event. We got What If Dark Loki number one. So this one I hear is just basically like, what if Loki just F stuff up? Like like way more so than, than what you could possibly imagine. So, so. It, it, so it's 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 more of what if Loki actually wins. Yeah, pretty much. But I want to emphasize like whenever you see the dark in the title of that, this is supposed to be a very, very dark take on on what if and loki and wow. and all of that so the the new what if darks are supposed to be very dark so just a more mature than what other what ifs are yes yes exactly uh speaking of dark we also got a x-men days of future past doomsday book and from what i hear this is brutal yeah i <laughs> i I, I, I was hearing the same thing just yeah. x-men just x characters dying left and right yeah this is just also brutal so Marvel really bringing the pain this week. I mean, yeah, DC's got the night terrors, but I think Marvel's got them beat because look, we've got we've got uh, more of the death of Camilla Khan. We've got uh, the wrap of that Carnage Reign storyline. We've got the What If Darks. We've got X Men, uh, Days of Future Past, Doomsday. Just Marvel's just in a very very dark dark place right now. Okay, I'm 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 kind of putting my tinfoil hat on <laughs> for this one, but. 
Do you think that Marvel actually knew what they were doing when they did this? I don't know. Because, I, mean, I mean, this stuff coming out right as we're getting, right as DC is ramping <laughs> yeah. up Night Terrors, it can't be all coincidence. Yeah, I mean, they've got to have some nice inside information there, so I'm, I'm sure. And, and, of course, we know when we talk to Steve Fox that Dark X-Men book is, is coming up soon, and that's supposed to be pretty brutal as well so yeah i i don't know i mean night terrors ends pretty soon marvel doesn't seem to have any plans to to brighten up anytime soon so i don't know maybe we'll get a nice uh happy squirrel girl volume three <laughs> or something but i'm not sure and then we open it up squirrel girl gets her tail ripped off oh god i hope not i mean come on she can kill thanos no one can rip her tail off mm. let's let's hope not uh, from IDW, we had, uh, again, I mean, a book that Bob couldn't be happier about, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Stranger Things, number one. This is the crossover that everyone has been asking for. The Stranger Things kids go I'm, to New I'm, York City. I'm, I'm not going to say any more of this is a strange <laughs> crossover because te Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles right now are the kings of strange crossovers. Yeah, they're just, they're just crossing over with whatever. This one's... I don't know, man. This one could be really, really cool, or it could be really, really lame. It's, it's. I, I'm not too sure what's gonna happen. I know it's the Stranger Things kids and and kids from their school taking a field trip to New York and then encountering the turtles and whatever. So, I don't know. We'll have to see what happens there. So are the turtles actually in the upside down now? <laughs> maybe, or maybe there's. I, I don't know. Yeah, the upside down. Is New York City, the upside down. I I would guess. Um, if to a lot of people, people, it probably, probably is. Yeah, yeah probably exactly. Is. Uh, we also had the Hunger and the Dusk number one from IDW, and I'd like to point out that I while I don't know much about this book, and it kind of looks like an Avatar type of story or something, just based on that cover. I will say it's written by G Willow Wilson, so. Uh, if you want to put faith in any writer, like in the entire world, put it in G. Willow Wilson because, man, G. Willow Wilson can write a comic, can write a story, and just really, really knows uh, what she's going for. So I'm, I'm really excited to check that one out, knowing that it's written by G. Willow. So very, very cool there. Bob, let's take another quick break. We'll be right back. We are back. This is episode number 27. We are the all new, all different number one comics podcast. Bob, let's talk about this book from Boom Studios, Sirens of the City. I'm going to go into the synopsis from Boom Studios website. New York City, 1980s, runaway teen Layla struggles to survive the mean streets far from home. Meanwhile, every supernatural creature from sirens to incubi descended upon the city, all in vying for control of Layla and the child-to-be she never wanted growing inside of her. That's that's a synopsis there. Um, See, but I mean, I actually felt like I was reading that oh, yeah, book. Well, yeah, that, that one definitely, definitely works. It's not like Barnstormers <laughs> from last week, I guess. Here, maybe I'll give it the Barnstormers treatment really quick. 1924. Uh, uh, Karen. Karen is a, a 40-year-old woman who works at a nightclub and meets Jonathan. And together they go on an adventure in the city. But 
around every corner, Karen finds that her adventures in the city are not what they turned out to be in this love tale of uh, creatures. <laughs> I don't know. I think we just wrote a comic. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah. This is, man. Yeah, that's definitely the Barnstormers treatment. Uh, wait, did I say Barnstormers? Is that Was that the name of that book? Now I'm confused. Barnstormers. <laughs> okay, yes. okay. It didn't sound right when I said it. I don't yes, know. Beca- because I will always equate it for the baseball term barnstormer oh, okay i'm sure that's some kind of baseball term it is it, it basically basically it was the baseball version of the harlem globetrotters where oh. they just went around the country playing the exhibition games ah i see i see uh so again quick side note we talked about this a minute ago during the break is there a chance we get a bonus episode of nfl super pro number one possibly <laughs> possibly <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah, fingers crossed, audience. Uh, it could happen. Let's talk about the creators of this book. We have Joanne Starr is, is the name that I'm going to say. Joanne Starr is a writer, former pro wrestling promoter, and descendant of Holocaust survivors. And she really, really loves her cat. Joanne started her comics career as an editor before making the jump into writing on Archie horror books like Chilling Adventures Presents, Weirder Mysteries Number 1, and Happy Horror Days as well as writing for DC on the Power Girl special and the upcoming Fire and Ice Welcome to Smallville, as well as Ohio Comics' The Gimmick. Let's talk about the artist for a second. Carrie Randolph is the name I'm going to go with. Bob, that's K-H-A-R-Y. So Well, you can't mispronounce Randolph. No, no. Or at least I hope you don't. Well, let's hope not. <laughs> uh, Carrie's art has appeared in countless comic books, cartoons, cartoons and been turned into action figures and showcased in galleries all over the world he's even won a couple of awards carrie reps brooklyn all day but his heart is always in boston his first published comic was spider-man legend of the spider clan issue number five published by marvel comics in 2003 next he did aspen comics Kara's magic series marvel's mosaic if anybody remembers that cool inhuman and Starborn from Boom Studios, as well as Tech Jacket from Image. Uh, this artist has definitely been around all over the place. Um, uh, Joanne is, is kind of a little bit newer to the game, but Carrie Randolph has has done a lot. See, and not, not to cut you off, mm-hmm. yeah, side note, you just kind of blew my mind with uh, talking about Joanne Starr. Mm-hmm. Um, Talking about her being a wrestling promoter. Yeah. Promoter. Yeah, promoter. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, words are hard. Hey, well, yeah, that's your line. Uh, but <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Been mm-hmm. one since I was four. So you said that, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. But so Bob's opinion has just changed a little it bit has. on this book. It he was, really has. He, he might have been like in the mid zone. Now he's in the upper <laughs> tier there. So for the for the wrestling. But did I, what did I say about world meshing? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, very important whenever worlds collide there. That's a Power Man 5000 reference, if anyone gets that weird uh, reference from back in the day. <clears throat> Anyways, I'm going to read over my synopsis really quick of the book, my uh, synopsis that I wrote here myself. Bear with me. This is probably a little redundant, probably <laughs> whatever, but you, you, I'm, I'm sure if you're tuning into episode 27, you're familiar with my... The year is 1924. <laughs> Carrie. Oh, man, please. Uh, Sirens of the City opens with a two-page spread in 1987 as a young girl walks up to an abortion clinic that's littered with protesters. 
She's called names by the protesters, and when one says that he will pray for her, she tells him to jump in front of a bus. And then, Bob, he actually does. Mm -hmm. Two weeks later in New York City, she's on the street singing and begging for money. She tries to find her family and is told to leave. Next, we see a man come to bring her food and something to drink. We find out that she is Layla, and the man is the one who got her pregnant. I should say guy because I, I'm saying man, but these people look like they're yeah, they're, 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 they're like teenagers. They, yeah. They, yeah, these are definitely teenagers. Yeah, so so the kid, the boy, I guess. Um, the soon-to-be man. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, well, I guess now will probably be one. Um, yeah, uh, we see him. He's the one who got her pregnant. She tells him not to follow her as she tells him to go away. And then she then meets another guy and he offers to have her come inside her father, his father's art gallery. But when he asks her name, she wants to leave. We cut to Harlem and see Jerome again and Jerome being the guy who impregnated Layla. Uh, and we find out that Jerome and his cousin are incubi and that something happened when Jerome and Layla slept together. The roommate then identifies Layla as a siren and next up at the Hotel Chelsea, Layla arrives with Davey, the guy who she met before, and she meets some of or and we meet some of his friends who are also otherworldly creatures. In another room is Mega and Jerome and his cousin as they look for Layla, who now we find out is draining Jerome with her cool siren powers. As Layla leaves the party, Davey follows her. Davey walks Layla away from all the action. But then we see they're being followed by, and Bob, help me here, because on that final page, I'm going to call these things gargoyles or demons of some sort. They look like gargoyles to me. I don't know if that's what they're supposed to be. That's that, That's what I got, because uh, okay. in this one panel, it does look like a gargoyle statue. Yeah, they look like statues yes. come to life. Yeah, exactly. So they look like gargoyles. Exactly. Uh, so, so yeah, and, and that's how the book uh, wraps up there. Mm. Bob, this this was an interesting book. Um Let's talk about it for a second. Let's talk about the story. Uh, how about these beats here? How about the way that this story kind of went from A to B to C to D to, to the end there? It's it's interesting because we we kind of just land in the world, meet Layla. We understand that she's pregnant. Mm -hmm. We understand that she doesn't really know, you know her family, where she came from, what, what's mm -hmm. going on. And we find out that Jerome just... What's the, you know, I don't know. I mean, we don't get Jerome's intentions, but it seems like he just wants to be there for her. Mm -hmm. um, and she's not having that. And then she's thrust upon this weird world that I'm not sure. Th this is where I got a little confused. Does Layla know this world exists? Does she not? Does she know what these creatures are? Does she not? It seems like it's supposed to be like a hidden thing, but right. there's so many of them gathered at the same place. It seems like it's public knowledge. I'm just, I'm a little confused about that part. Yeah, I, I was confused about that myself. Yeah, I, I'm i going to go ahead out on a limb here and say that it's, it's like a secretive thing. They're not supposed to mm -hmm. know. She obviously doesn't know that she's a siren as, uh, or it, it's, we can assume that she doesn't know she's a siren. It's one uh, of those, what's the first rule of Fight Club? <laughs> Don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that as far as the story beats go, it, it hits its beats. It hits its stride. Um, I think that as we get into like the party and everything, it was definitely needed, but it got a little convoluted there for me. It got a little cluttered, and I wasn't too sure what was going on. It did, because um, it, it, 
yeah, it, it did for me too. And the 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 story beats, not only there, kind of slowed down a little bit, but when we had the flashback to mm -hmm. her uh, foster home, mm -hmm. that kind of you know slowed it. it. It it felt like it went from like A to B to yeah, you know E to back to C. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this one. For me too, I kind of liked the story. Like I was invested, and yeah. then it just oh, yeah. it started to slow down places, mm -hmm. and I wasn't I wasn't too sure exactly what was happening. It was it got a little confusing, um, but it was straightforward at first. It seemed very straightforward. It seemed like she was kind of in a bad place. She obviously didn't want to get pregnant, and she was trying to figure out what she was supposed to do about that, and then right. find a family and everything, and and kind of. And, and then we get Jerome, and, and I feel like all that's okay. Up till that point, I was okay. And then it starts to go off into this other thing and, and meet all these other creatures and what they're doing. And it just, it was, it felt like maybe they had to cram a lot into this first issue where maybe some of that should have come in the next issue or it, whatever. It, it did to me, and it might have to you too. It felt a little uh, character heavy. Oh, very character one heavy. Issue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you, and and there too, <laughs> this is going to sound like a contradiction because we've talked of quite a, on quite a few episodes about archetypes. I think that archetypes are an important tool sometimes. I think that sometimes it's beneficial to have a few here and there to tell your story and then decide if you want to flesh them out later or whatever. Like, that's fine, but these characters, there's no archetypes in here. They're all a little too fleshed out, a little too important where they don't seem like they add anything to the story, at least in this first issue. So I'm just, I, I don't know. I was a little confused about that. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it was interesting. Uh, well, and again, talking about, you know, a little too character heavy. I, to me, I, I just didn't get, I, like I didn't get the characters of, um, oh, and, and correct me if they said his name, mm -hmm. and I'm just forgetting it. But Jerome's friend, oh his cousin, I, I think his, this was his yeah, cousin. His, his cousin yep. and his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. It was kind of like, what exactly is the point of these characters? Yeah, it was almost like they were only used in the story to identify Layla, and then to bring Davy to Mega, the person who is is supposed to be helping Davy find, or sorry, not Davy, uh, Jerome find find Layla. Yeah, it seemed like they were just kind of put there for the plot, which is fine. But yeah, I agree with you. It seemed very character heavy. We didn't get enough time with any of the characters to really understand them. And with that being said, it took a, a lot away from Layla, who's the person that we need to focus on here. Right. Um, so, so that part was a little hard for me. Right. Um, I will say, I don't know, the, the beats were, were a little weird. I think it's hard to focus on that. Let's talk about the narrative some. How about the narrative, the voices of these characters? Uh, well, the, the, I mean, the narrative, you know, like you, like you said mm -hmm. about the, um, about the story because story and narrative are, ba are the same thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was invested in the narrative. You know, I like the narrative. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, and in uh, a world of, you know, just all kinds of monsters. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, them interacting with one another. But again, I mean, there were just so many. Yeah, there were so many. And then at the same time, we don't get 
enough uh, about any of them. Now, oh. it, it would have been nice to, this is where, look, I'm going to take a little bit from Barnstormers here. It, it was nice at the beginning of Barnstormers to throw that little definition on the first page and say what barnstorming was. Now, this would have benefited from uh, a siren, you know, saying what a siren is, saying what an incubi is. I, I get that we can Google those things and we should kind of know, you know, a little bit here and there, but I'm not familiar enough to know with what you're, you're trying to say about these characters mm. in the story. Mm. I feel like it could have used that at the beginning of the book. Say, say what those things are and, and, then, and then we can understand that. Uh, but yeah, I I think more than anything, I, w I wanted to be invested in, in Layla as a character here and, mm -hmm. and her as a siren and everything. It seems like there's not really other sirens around. So right. why is she the only siren? What's going on there? I get, right. you know, she's adopted. She she was, you know, her family kind of left her or whatever, probably for this reason, you know, probably because she's a siren or, or something. And then she uh, meets up with this incubi and, and now is is impregnated by him which i i have to be honest with you i wasn't too too familiar with what an incubi was until i looked up the definition and and yeah to put those two together this is that's that's a strong statement and then uh you know have her impregnated by him but yeah the narrative the narrative really worked the narrative worked way better than the story beats did and and it wasn't as convoluted and confusing right uh, but yeah, I just I, I wish we could have expanded more on yeah, Layla. Yeah, and and like you said, I mean, we you know we talk about exposition heavy books. And yes. Sometimes you know those aren't the best books because mm -hmm. you have I mean you have such a big exposition dump and all that. Yes. But I do feel like this book could have benefited by a little more exposition. Like, you know, I would like to see you know maybe explain how this world came to be mm -hmm. maybe you know explain what these characters are you know who they are yes. what they are so i i just feel like in this in this particular in, in this particular issue number one exposition could have been used a little more yeah i agree this is the kind of thing that you want to do in issue number two because in issue number one you got to hook your readers in you have to make them interested in your story and mm -hmm. this has a lot working for it it definitely does it just i feel like a lot was crammed in here i don't know if they're trying to make this this seems like they're trying to make it like i don't know something a four-part mini or something and i don't know how you're going to tell that kind of story in something that small right, hopefully it's right, not but right. uh it, it's just i i it needs more exposition you're right it needs it needs more about it more exposition maybe less characters yeah maybe absolutely half, maybe half the characters yeah i agree now could we have had everything happen up to the party where we meet everybody else and then stop there? Yeah. Then, yeah, that would have yeah, worked better. Definitely. We could, have, we could have saved that for an issue, too. Yes, we could have spent a little bit more time at the front end with uh, with Layla, uh, explaining a little bit more about her backstory or who she is or what a siren is, even. Right. Uh, maybe, maybe we do, like, a little callback and we say, uh, here's a short history of sirens, you know, in, in – I don't know, 1592, you know, whatever. And then, Maybe not that much. <laughs> sure, yeah. But I don't know, just a little something. Uh, right. Maybe two or three pages right. on sirens right. or something would have benefited a lot. I would have liked to see that. So how about the dialogue then, Bob? How did you think the dialogue worked? Oh, I, yeah, I do feel like everybody has their own individual voice in this. They really do, yeah, yeah. They, they were great at the dialogue here. The writing on, on these individual characters and voices worked very well. I was definitely into that. Um, 
I don't know. Just uh, Layla herself, she's she seems very, very strong, very driven, but at the same that time... strong-willed, angsty, yep. you know, it's me against the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she has this nuance to her, though. She's almost a little defeated, but determined at the same time, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a contradiction, but it, it definitely works. Yeah. Uh, Jerome as a character, I, I think that he works well. I think that it's very, very interesting, again, that he's an, an incubi, and, and of course... Again, not knowing much about what that was, but you're you're you have it open to his introduction panels here, and and Layla just keeps talking about how hot he is, and then that works for what he is as a creature or whatever as that character. So, mm. um, yeah, the voices really work here. The the dialogue works for each character. Um, how about the world building? This is kind of a big question in this book. This is this is all centered around New York and, yeah. and the surrounding areas and everything. But in a world where uh, all these characters exist, uh, so how did you feel about the world building? Um, I would have liked them to flesh out the world a little, a little bit more. Yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I feel like it was a big swing, and I feel like not that it's necessarily a miss, but there uh, again, like there should have been some more there. Uh, we needed a little bit more time with certain things to be invested and just to say here's new york here's harlem here's a hotel again i, I again i would have liked to see how these monsters came into being to run this world yes or to be in this world because there's obviously there's obviously regular people in this world mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and here's my suggestion or or whatever i mean take this with a, a grain of salt or a, a shaker of salt, as Bob says, uh, <laughs> because I'm not a comic book writer. But right. but in my opinion, we we leave this before the hotel, and we have a a, a different cliffhanger, um, something more interesting, something maybe maybe we see the characters in the hotel. Maybe it flashes there, and then she's about to go into the hotel, and that's the end of the book or whatever. Like, but. To know that we've ended on on the hotel and then our cliffhanger is the gargoyle characters and everything, I just, I, I don't know. It just isn't. I was invested so much in the front half of this book, or, or probably two thirds of this book, basically, and then that last third, I just got so confused and and so overloaded with things, and I couldn't follow the story. Yeah, and it this, just this, this this book is definitely back heavy. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what I'm talking about in the world building here. I felt like we built a world and like you said it didn't get fleshed out so we have this hollow shell of a world mm. where we had a lot of opportunity to do something with it and instead we just kept throwing character after character after character instead um and and that just was a little uh, i don't know clunky for me um let's go into the art then uh again we have uh the artist here who's who's very acclaimed uh carrie randolph and this is this is going to be a different spin on art. This is not our typical art. This has a lot of different elements in it of stuff that we're not used to in our normal comics. But this is an artist that I'm familiar with, and this is done a little bit different. This is a different style. So I I will ask like like for me this reminds me if you crossed manga with some of that. Early two thousands Ani Press, an uh, independent press, uh, kitchen sink uh, type of comic books from from that era. And for, yeah, and for me, just 
sprinkling a little bit of like into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's definitely got that kind of element to it as well, kind of that mixed media feel and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah. So how about the characters here, Bob? I, I, I'm going to say this right off the bat. I was not 100% sold on the characters at first until I realized how young they were. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it until they really kind of talked about it, you know, until I realized that they're – 16 or whatever i think layla lays it out here at some point when she's talking to davy that she's 16 and pregnant or whatever and 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 then i was like okay well it makes a little more sense like they look so young and and i i didn't know they were supposed to be and and then it makes sense but i liked the characters here i think the character art really works very well Mm -hmm. it's it's really cool uh look jerome at first i didn't like the way jerome was drawn i thought that what you know? Who Jerome is this? reminded me of uh, and as our kids, I'm gonna someday it. He reminded me of Run from Run DMC. Okay, yes, that's exactly what I was gonna go with too. Not Run, but okay. like, but you know, like an '80s, like I don't know, '80s uh, rapper. Yeah, rapper, somebody heavily involved in the hip hop scene in the you '80s or whatever. Him, you could see him spinning on cardboard. Yes, exactly. And then when I thought about it, I was like, well, wait a second. This is the '80s. This right, is right. You know. A young, a, 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 yeah, a young, young guy in the, in the 80s. 80s who's probably involved in that scene. Right, and, right. And then you look at his power set and everything. Like, why wouldn't he be like a charming looking guy from right, that scene and everything? Right. So it really made sense. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to say it took me a minute to, to like these character designs, but I do like them. I, I like them a lot. I think they're done well. And, and each and, and I mean each one each one is drawn individually. Even yes. The, even yes. The, even the side characters are yep. drawn with their own individualities. Yes. Everybody has a lot of personality mm-hmm. here, whether it be their dialogue or their art or whatever. They they have a lot of personality. So so I'm gonna go with that. That's a big win here. The character designs and, and the characters themselves. How about the locations? We have some pretty famous locations that we should be pretty familiar with. How do you feel like they executed? I'm not seeing any big landmarks from those locations or anything. And uh, look at the last page. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's some, but yes, we do we do have the twin towers in the background there on the on the final page in the gargoyle scene. But yeah, I I have to say I like that kind of thing because I kind of hate it and feel like it's super cheap when every single scene is like, look at a landmark from this place, and here's another landmark hey, look, from Baxter like, Building. Yeah. Hey, look, it's, it's the <laughs> Daily Bugle. Wait a second. Our backdrop is the Statue of Liberty, and here's the Empire State Building. Like, no, I don't need to see that. You told me we're in New York. That's fine. We're in New York. Like, I know those things are in New York. Mm-hmm. So I'm good with that. I like the way that uh, that uh, Carrie did it here, and I think that it, mm. it works really well, and it doesn't get cheapened by those things. So I'm really into that. How about the backgrounds, Bob? I, I think it's going to be a little hard to, to say anything bad about this art. It is very different. Okay, and, and yeah, and uh, uh, sorry to cut you off. No, but please. Again, he's done the thing that I love with backgrounds. Detail. Oh, there's detail. a lot of detail, detail here. Detail. Yes. Yes. If you, if you do that for me in backgrounds, I'm golden. Yes. Yeah, there's there's detail and there's very good detail. Mm. And like I said, uh, we're we're working with something that reminds me of that early Ani Press, that kitchen sink comics uh, mm. 
those kind of publishers it's black and white but it's not um there's there's sparse coloring in here um i know we're not in on the colors right now we're talking about the backgrounds but mm -hmm. but it's an important part of it uh we see that sketchy undertone and gray tones and everything in the backgrounds and i just i feel like they work very very well and i really love the backgrounds here because they're not front and center they are backgrounds but they they shine on their own as well they look really really cool mm -hmm. i i would like to also say you've got it open to a, a panel here where they're in davy's father's art gallery art showing or whatever and there's just a lot of reds and stuff in the back and then we've got that that spread on the table of food and drink and everything man i i really like these backgrounds a lot these this art hanging on the walls and everything just looks great and it fits very well so i'm you really know, and, into and, that and uh, you know just uh, just to add to the just to add to their art it's drawn in black and white like some of the panels, mm -hmm. I mean, that's basically the only color. Yes. But it's not black and white. No. I don't no. know if that makes sense. <laughs> but I it mean, does looking at the book, but I can there, see where there's it, yeah. just so much, just, just so much going on with the blacks and mm -hmm. whites. I mean, you could, uh, you could, I mean, you could see it in your mind being in color. Yeah, I I will say this. I really like the art tone of this book. I, I, do too. I think that. That's been obvious now that we've been sitting here talking about it that we like it, but I I wasn't sold on it at first. I was a little hesitant where it was going. I come from a background where things look like this, where you know kids are making like punk rock zines and stuff like that. If that makes sense to anybody, um, if you know, you know. But like you know, a lot of that heavy inking, like dark color, uh, screen printing or whatever. And this just kind of had that tone to me, and I thought, this is cheap, this is going to be stupid. She looks like a punk rock kid, and this is just going to be in that world, and it's, it's just not. like. Well, see, and for me, the art style definitely works, mm -hmm. because a lot, like a lot of the other books we've read, I mean, when you, when you get down to it, especially with dealing with the material that they're dealing with in this book, yes. it is, I mean, it's not a true horror book mm -hmm. by any means. But I mean, it does deal with you know monsters yeah. mm -hmm. and such. Yeah, it's got horror. So and yeah. so and I mean, again, like we said before, in like horror books and monster books, you don't want that you know, like, uh, you don't want that um, art museum you know perfect exactly. styling. Yeah. You know, you want your characters to be rough around the edges. Mm -hmm. You know, you want you know the backgrounds not to be. To, you know, you wanted to have detail, but I mean, you don't necessarily need to see each individual, you know, letter. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, what they hide like, like in the shadows and stuff here, mm -hmm. just man, this is. If if nothing else, this is a comic that you're gonna want to open up and look at the art for. Right. Uh, even if you're you don't care to read the story, this is this mm -hmm. is just illustrated really really well. Mm -hmm. I, I really like it a lot. So then Bob, of course, you know one of the the last things we talk about is the colors and and we touched on how this is a lot of uh, black and white uh, gray tones and, and then has a little bit of color mm -hmm. uh, sporadically in it not sporadically i mean it fits for the tone or whatever but i i want to say right now right off the bat i love the coloring in this book i love the way that this is too. juxtaposed with the black and white 
and it's barely used, but when it is, it, it really props up the scene or the panel or whatever. Yeah, I mean, really, the only time uh, colorings are used, you know, you got on the, um, you know, first couple of pages, you got the red mm -hmm. and the mm -hmm. lettering for the, um, yeah, for the protester you know, signs. For the yeah, protester signs. Oh, you know, you yeah. got the, um, you got the ice blue of Layla's eyes. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. you had the blue of her hair. You had the red on for the paintings in Davi's father's art museum. Yep. Mm -hmm. So you don't have a whole lot of color. Essentially, you maybe have, what would you say, about three colors? <laughs> That's what it's looking like. It looks you know, like maybe three, you've got like red. Black, white, yeah. red, uh, A little uh, bit of blue and purples. So you don't have a lot of colors, but the coloring is used well in this book. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, 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 it highlights certain things without being too much. Yes. Because yeah. because we all know there is such thing as too much color. Yes. Yeah, no, there absolutely is. Um and, and this is this is done well. It it really, really fits the tone of this book and it really I, I say fits the tone of the book. I think it kind of helps dictate the tone of this book, not just fits it. Uh it's 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 what this book is. We have I I'm I'm just gonna highlight one more one more panel right now and I, I love the panel you have it open to. It's when it's when Jerome is talking about the color of Layla's eyes and the scene is filled with a blue background. It has red hearts, but it still has him looking very giddy and black and white and grayscale and everything. And and there's a lot of white off to the side and then it fades into blue. Uh, that scene that that panel just looks amazing. That color really really pops okay I'm, and I'm going <laughs> you've got to gotta highlight one too, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going I mean, to why not and not to highlight not to highlight every panel yeah sure you i mean yeah we again, could we could again you you just want to pick up this book just for the art style mm -hmm. but just this uh panel i have it open to when layla first finds out she's pregnant yes yes and she's screaming in a bathtub and the pipes I mean, are exploding the yes. pipes are exploding <laughs> and you see each individual strand of her <laughs> hair just flown outwards and you see the blue in her eyes yes. and you can tell she's crying i mean that's just that's just some good art right there yeah that's i really love it i'm gonna take a yellow break sorry 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 for that um but yes the the colors really really work here bob okay we all know this is the most important question of the book do you plan on continuing Wow, continuing on to issue number. Easy continuing. for you to say. Not really. I don't know what the hell I just said. But do you plan on continuing on to issue number two? Did this bring you in enough to make you want to find out what's going to happen next? I probably will. Believe it or not. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. know, I mean, I I know I know we both said some negative things about the first issue. Yep. But I'm kind of interested to see how they do the second issue. And and that's kind of where I'm standing too. I think that. Uh, we talked about it already at length, but just to reiterate, I think that I really, really liked where this story was going and I got a little past the halfway mark mm -hmm. and then it got way too heavy and then I didn't love the cliffhanger. Now that's not going to negate the first two thirds of this book for me because they were really, really good. And then none of that can negate the fact that this art is phenomenal and I love it. And, and I just have to, repeat to you guys i didn't love the art when i opened this book i didn't feel like it fit the tone 
Right. I felt like it was a little cheap, and I'm glad you I wasn't read sure. Books twice. Yeah, you and me both. But <laughs> I, yeah, at first I didn't know where we're going with this, but I, if 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 for nothing else at all, I will continue to buy this entire series to look at this art. Um, it's just so it's done so well, and this art is it really is. really good, and it I is. didn't expect to love it as much as I do. But I have high hopes for this series. I think that it can come around in the second or third issue. I think we've introduced all these characters and I hope that we don't continue to introduce a lot more and we can kind of live in this world a little bit and slow it down. And and then I think the story will really pick up and thrive. Maybe, maybe explain the characters you've introduced. Yeah, exactly. I have hopes for a second issue. Now, maybe that's not a glowing review. Uh, I can't sit here and say this is the best thing I've read this year, but I can say that I do have high hopes for what comes next. So I mm -hmm. will definitely pick up issue number two and go from there. So you got a uh, two thumbs up from, from me and Bob there. We'll definitely both continue on. Um, and we're gonna take a quick break and we'll return in a moment. And we are back with the all new, all different number one comics podcast, episode number 27. Bob, you've got some books for the kids I do. that are coming out next week. I do? You do. Just for the kids? That's it, man. Just for the kids. I mean, we just read Nouns Noun Town, so I, I think that know. is for I the kids. I don't know if night terrors are for the kids. Uh, I mean, they could be. I guess if you're a kid having night terrors. Or any of this what if dark <laughs> What if stuff? dark wins Stacy? I'm scared about that one. <laughs> so, disclaimer time before I read any of these books off. <laughs> Um, these books are subject to change because of publishers and distribution and delivery companies and such. And this is just going off of one website, Key Collector. So if you want to see an entire list, please go elsewhere. <laughs> don't go to Bob. Uh, don't go to Bob. <laughs> I'm just reading what I want to read. <laughs> no. But uh, from Marvel, we have Deadpool. Batter Blood number two. Man, this one has a first appearance of Arcata and a first full appearance of Shatterstorm, who cameoed in issue number one. Yes. Uh, sticking with Marvel, we have a new blade. Thank God we're getting a new blade. This one has a first appearance of Adana. I, I don't, yeah, sure. Uh, a deadly threat unintentionally released by Blade. I'm excited about this one. I'm excited to read a new Blade book. Isn't every villain or, you know, old god, so to say, unintentionally released by a hero? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, sometimes has it's to intentional, battle right? Said villain. <laughs> uh, going to IDW, we have Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Last Roman Lost a Special Number One. That was a mouthful. Man, Look, I'm sorry. I love the turtles a lot, but they're just going to milk this last Ronin thing for oh, everything definitely. it's worth. Uh, Remember when it just began as the last Ronin? I do. I yeah, I absolutely. And do. now it's like, how many spinoffs have they been doing? I uh, countless. I couldn't even keep up. This is uh, yeah, whatever. Number four hundred and thirty-seven. Um, Star. Speaking of night terrors, we have night terrors Nightwing number one. Part of a two-issue limited series. We have Night Terror's Punchline number one. Man, how about this one? We've got a first appearance of 
a nightmare, a nightmare, nightmare <laughs> realm version of Batgirl. Yeah, that's uh, that sounds. So is it, I mean, is it going to be Barbara Gordon before the chair or after the chair? Oh man, I guess we'll find out. We have Nightcare is Wonder Woman number one. I always read Wonder Woman. I'm excited to read uh, Wonder Woman Night Terror's book. This will be a cool one. We have Nightcare is Superman number one. Well, this one has the first appearance of the Super Reaper. That's pretty damn metal and pretty 90s, so I'm excited How about that. How can you get any worse than the Super Reaper? Yeah, that's that's rough. I mean, like, I have to wonder what the Super Reaper does because the regular Reaper, you know, like, comes and takes you to your death or Does whatever. Does he kill people twice? I, I wonder, yeah. Take maybe. their souls twice? <laughs> I, yeah, good good question. This also has the introduction of the nightly planet, as opposed to the daily planet. Come on, get it, Bob. Come Bye. on, come on, come on. I love that. And then finally from Night Terrors, we have Night Terrors Catwoman number one. Yes, this one has a different uh, Catwoman. It's actually a cat that's a female cat, and that's all. Wasn't, wasn't there a Batman the Animated <laughs> Series uh, episode where yeah. she became an actual cat? I think I remember that. Yeah, this this doesn't have that. It just has a cool no, uh, Catwoman on the front with a giant snake. Uh, there's snakes. Uh, that's all I can say. There's snakes on there. Yeah. Uh, going back to Marvel for a moment, we have Spider-Man India number two. A new lizard hatches. A possible first appearance of a new lizard. I like the cover on that one, man. That is cool. Yeah, it is. And I want to know how you can have a possible first appearance. I mean, it's either a first appearance or it's not a first appearance. I mean, I guess it's possible that there's a first appearance <laughs> in there, you know? Why this not? is true. It could have a new lizard. Or this is true. might not. From DC, we have Tales of the Titans, number one. This one has the origin of Starfire because, you know, that's never existed before. Of course not. Well, I mean, you got to retell it every few years. Yeah, I guess I so. mean, they retell Batman's origins how many times? Wait a second. What happens in Batman's origins? Is that the one where he, like, goes on a field trip with his school and then he's bitten by a radioactive bat and then turns into a bat guy? No, that's the one where his home planet explodes and he's shot off in a oh, rocket ship. Oh, wait, wait. No, I remember. Batman, yeah. It's the one where his uncle dies and then he gets bitten by a bat. Yeah, okay, I got you. No, that, I mean, that that's the that's the one where he's an archaeologist, and he finds <laughs> a, you know, got a moon god, oh, and he I, gets I granted that. powers. Ah, uh, okay, 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 good. That's a good origin story, actually. Yeah. I mean, that is basically Batman if he were Marvel. That is basically <laughs> his origin sure, story. Sure, <laughs> um, Sticking with DC, we have Hot Girl number one. And again, kids, Bob is saying Hawk Girl with a with a not W hot not Hot girl. girl. It sounds like Hot Girl, but it's Hawk Girl. This one has the first appearance of Volpecca. I mean, not saying Hawk Girl isn't <laughs> Hot Girl. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out in the issue. Yeah, uh, this is true. Uh, going back to Marvel. Speaking of Moon Knight, we have Moon Knight, City of the Dead, number one. All right, here's a confusing one. This says it's the first appearance of the third Scarlet Scarab. A female version inspired by the Moon Knight Disney Plus series. And we thought that's what we got in Moon Knight 25, so... See, and like, like I said to you, I think it's I think it's like a Hulk 180, 181 situation. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, cameo first appearance, first full appearance. We can only... At least that's what I'm thinking. Um, I know uh, Dan's going to pick this up. What if 
Dark Spider-Gwen number one. Yeah, excited about this. I mean, look, how much more beep can can Spider-Gwen go through? Uh, she's been through so much crap. I feel bad for her. But uh, what if Spider-Man died instead of Gwen Stacy here? And she's got to pick up the remains and, and, and go out and, I, I don't know, be Spider-Gwen with no Spider-Man. And finally, we have. <clears throat> I'm getting ready. For <laughs> Come this. on, extreme. There it is. Get out five. your metal voice, Bob. I love which, it. Which, which I must say, this may have the best alternate version of Venom ever. Not only does it have a Godzilla Venom uh, symbiote, but it has the first appearance of Major League Venom. Which, it's exactly how it sounds. It's a guy in a batting stance mm -hmm, with mm -hmm. a giant Venom bat. Yeah, this, this cover looks great. This is a lot of fun. They're just really doing it with these uh, Venomverse titles and introducing the characters and everything. And I love it. This is a lot of fun. I can't wait to pick this one up. First appearance of Kaiju Venom. First appearance of Major League Venom. How long do you think till we get <clears throat> into the Venomverse? I mean, I don't know why we don't have one now. So I really hope after this third Spider-Verse movie, maybe we go into the Venomverse then and, and just have a lot of fun. I, I can I mean, only hope. Just, just have like an into the Venomverse, across the Venomverse, <laughs> just basically have Spider-Verse except mirrored. Yes, yeah, I, I completely, completely side with that. I think that that would be wonderful and I, I hope that it, it happens. Um, Marvel, uh, I hope you're listening. Uh, whoever puts out the, uh, what is it, Fox? Is it Sony? Uh, who, Sony. Sony, okay. Sony, hope you're listening. Hope we get that there. That would be amazing. I can only hope. <clears throat> Bob, we've got three books here on the wheel to spin for to see which one wins first place for us to cover next week. We are deciding between Blade number one, Big Game number one, and Hawk. Girl number one, that is Hawk Girl, H A W K Girl. Doesn't mean she's not a hot girl, but it's Hawk Girl. I'm spinning the wheel now. I think. There we go. Now we're spinning the wheel now. That that clicking just means the wheel's spinning. Yes, folks. yes. Oh wow, Bob. Wow. You're not gonna believe where this lands. I'm gonna let you guess because if you get it, you win some kind of cool prize. Are we getting Hawk? Girl. You did it, Bob. I can't believe it. Yes, we got Hawk Girl number one. We're going to be covering Hawk Girl. And I I don't know. Uh, I <laughs> Look, I can't lie. Uh, Blade is still going to be the top of my pile. I can't wait to read that. But yes, after that will come Hawk Girl and, and we will read that for the podcast. I can't wait. It sounds like a whole lot of fun. Bob, this has been an episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and checking us out. As you know, you can check us out on social media. We are at Instagram at A-N-A-D underscore number one comics podcast. You can check us out on Twitter if it still exists at A-N-A-D-N-O comic pod. And on TikTok at A-N-A-D number one comics pod. You can also check us out on YouTube under the comic book channel. 
this and every single week we like to give away a copy of the book that we covered so this week you can get a really really cool copy of sirens of the city with some amazing artwork inside bob all they gotta do is use our hashtag all new all different nation on a social media post of their choice to be entered it's as easy as that it's that simple don't worry we'll get a hold of you we'll send the book your way we'll cover postage you don't got to do nothing. Just use the hashtag. That's all Everybody it takes. Everybody knows how to hashtag nowadays. Yeah, I mean, if you can't hashtag, like, can you even breathe? I, maybe. Maybe not. But Not if Elon has his way. <laughs> well, that's the truth. Anyways, check us out. We'll be here next week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>